Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Sober Swell Podcast. My name is Jake Howard. And I go by DJ Swell. Chocolate and vanilla swirl. Hello, everybody. And as always, before we get started, I'd like to give a shout out to Royalty Nutrition. That's royaltynutrition.com. And to help me out with that, as always, here he is. It's Warhorse. Hey, it's Warhorse. Do you want your workouts to look like this? Or do you want your workouts to slay? Warhorse picks his pre-workout. He wants it to slay. If you want second place, go with somebody else. If you want to be a champion, go with Royalty Nutrition. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Royalty Nutrition is a veteran-owned and operated supplement company that doesn't automatically go to use the cheapest ingredients possible while making their supplements for you to use along your path to your fitness goals. Check them out and use the discount code 37HAKE to save you 15% on your entire order. My next shout out of the evening will be to Gorilla Gains. That's Gorilla Dash. That's Jesus, Jake Howard. That's Gorilla <laughs> Gorilla Dash Gains with the Z.com. They're a fitness apparel company that you can wear comfortably in and out of the gym. They also make great equipment that helps keep you safe while you train. Check them out. Use the discount code Jake15 to save you 50% on your entire order. DJ Swirl, tell them about the Buy to Buy Empire. Yes, Buy to Buy. We handle fast, friendly, on-demand delivery, moving, staging, TV mounting, and assembly, which means we help everyone from housewives shopping at Home Goods to bros DIYing it at Lowe's. But most often, property managers and real estate agents helping their clients move from their current space to their new place. If you find you don't have the time, towing, or the muscle to handle something you just bought, Hit us up at B-Y-T-O-B-Y-E dot com. You find yourself without, where, where, I see, this is what I do. I get it perfect, and then I try to fix something, and I lose what I said in the first place. I nailed this at the meeting today. <laughs> you did. This, I, can, you, I can vouch for that. Yes. <laughs> what you see here is Buy to Buy Studios. This is high quality, low stress, remote controlled. Our guest tonight is at his place. Jake is where he is, and I am where I am. And so we do this all where we're at in our friendly confines. And it comes out like this. Hopefully, this is something worth your time and your attention. But if not, see you next time. Uh, <laughs> so we do, uh, um, we do remote streaming. So that's what you see right here. We also do post-production. So if you've already got something and you'd like to add some more value to that, hit us up. And we also do creative consulting. So if you've got an idea, can't put pen to paper, let us know. And we will link up with you and create something special. So Jake, usually I say, Jake, who do we have tonight? Because Jake is usually on board with that, but today we've got a unique circumstance. Um, I just joined a networking group, uh, BNI specifically, and I had the pleasure of sitting next to our guest today uh, randomly. Um, he was a guest of our VP, Nicholas Good, uh, who is also the financial advisor of the group. And uh, we sat next to each other to start chopping it up and immediately hit it off. And then I stood up and gave my spiel, went over pretty well. He stood up and gave his. I was like, I need to talk to this guy again. And um, he does meal prep. And so I will let him say everything about his business. So let me do this and let me welcome Brent. Let me not get this wrong. M. Bornoni. Did I get it right? That's it. Yeah, yes. you got it. Fantastic. <laughs> Brent, thank you for joining us tonight, sir. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you guys for having me. 
Absolutely. So uh, we're going to give you the spotlight just right up front. So uh, just take some time and uh, let the people know what you do and uh, what it is. Cool. Uh, what's up, everybody? Uh, my name is Brent Invernoni. Uh, I'm the founder of Brento Box. We're a local meal prep company here in Phoenix. Uh, we've been in business at a commercial kitchen for two years um, out in Ahwatukee. Uh We put out a new menu every Tuesday, take orders till 9 a.m. Friday, deliver everything fresh right to your door every Sunday. Uh, I think what makes us a little different is we don't just do boring diet food. Um, no one wants to eat chicken, broccoli, and rice day in, day out, three times a day. So we like to keep it fresh. We like to keep it interesting. And we like to make food that people enjoy eating and want to eat and look forward to eat. And, you know, so that's what we do. And I've just been enjoying this journey so far as an entrepreneur. Uh, we've been at that kitchen for two years. I was probably doing it for a year out of my house before that, just kind of getting started, you know, it was something I was passionate about, something that I really loved doing. Um, I liked, you know, the fact that it was helping other people. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of young in my, in my entrepreneurial journey. So, you know, at this time, I'm just trying to, you know, build relationships and make connections with people and really kind of get out there and network and, you know, introduce myself and really just uh, meet as many people as I can. So that's when, um, I, I met you today and like you said, you know, we kind of hit it off and I could tell we kind of had some of the same vibes and uh, so yeah, that's a little bit about me and my business and I appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. Uh, so you have a new menu every Tuesday. So Correct. Do, you, do you have like a tally? You've done this for how many years now? Um, like officially in business, we're coming up on two. It was July of 21. We moved into the, that kitchen. Um, so since then, you know, so yeah, so back, you know, to the menu, uh, you know, 52 weeks times two years, that's 104 menus. Wow. It's a lot of menus, you know, right now on the website in our database, we've got about 119 meals that we've done. Uh, we tend to um, try to throw new ones out maybe a couple times a month. We'll introduce something new to get people excited. But, you know, what we like to do is kind of circle back to uh, the favorites, you know, the ones that people really enjoy, the ones that sell the best. We'll kind of circle those back maybe every five, six weeks, you know, because I've found that no matter how much someone likes something, they don't want to eat it week after week after week. Right. So like by putting out a new menu every Tuesday, they're like, Oh, the, you know, the turkey noodle bowl's back, man. I love that one. I haven't had that in, you know, six weeks. I'm going to, I'm excited to get that back in my rotation. Nice. Uh, so yeah, we do do a new menu every Tuesday, which is typically uh, four entrees, which can be lunch or dinner. Uh, we do a breakfast option. We do a protein box. Uh, and we also sell some fresh cold pressed juices from our juice vendor, AZ Liquids. Shout out AZ Liquids. Yeah, I also saw that you have a uh, a shirt or at least one of the bottles has State Forty Eight. Uh, yeah, very cool. So how did that how did that collaboration happen? Um, so that was actually a collaboration between AZ Liquids and State Forty Eight. But I've actually also um, collabed myself with State Forty Eight. Um, they've been kind of real big in um, helping me. They have a foundation called the State Forty Eight Foundation. Uh, where they, it's a nonprofit and it helps local entrepreneurs um, and small businesses right here in the Valley. 
Um, so I actually did a shirt collaboration with them first where we did sort of their logo and my logo kind of combined. Um, and I rolled that out, um, I think at the end of 2021. Um, and that was really cool to work with them, you know, cause they're a company that I've followed here in Arizona for a while, you know, they're, um, they, they do a lot with like the local sports teams. And I always thought, man, that would be cool one day to work with these guys. And I ended up getting to do it. And it was awesome. And then I found out about the foundation. And last year they held an entrepreneur speaker series uh, where it was four weeks. It was one session a week and they would just bring in different uh, business owners and entrepreneurs and people kind of just to talk about business and entrepreneurship. And, you know, some sometimes it was, you know, talking about like the early stages. Uh, there was a whole day on systems and processes. There was one that was about legal where they had a lawyer come in and really chat with all of us. So the, the State 48 Foundation has been huge. And I was able to network and meet a lot of people through that that I'm still uh, talking to to this day. And they actually, um, I applied for a grant with them. They were giving away $25,000 in grant money to local entrepreneurs and small businesses. I applied for that at the end of last year. And that was interesting because, you know, I had to send them my whole business plan, you know, and basically right. show them, here's what I'm doing, here's what I've done, here's what I plan to do. Um, so that was a good exercise for me to actually get my business plan out there, you know, put pen to paper to it um, and submit it to them. And I was actually awarded a grant uh, for $2,000, which was awesome that, you know, the, the money was great. Um, and, you know, I think we put that towards um, some new some new branding and some new merchandise um, updated the bags and the cooler bags. Um, but you know, the, the money aside, it was just cool that they sort of saw me and recognized me and, you know, looked over my business model and saw what I was about and really were like, okay, like this guy's onto something and believed in me enough that they would, you know, I think there was eight, uh, grant winners chosen out of like, I think 50 applicants. So it, it just meant a lot to me to be recognized in that way. So yeah, state 48 has been, um, you know, the, 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 those guys are awesome and, and I appreciate the heck out of them. Fantastic. Uh, the, um, I saw as someone in the same, in the same space to where you're small startup, just trying to figure out your way through things. Um, the Shamrock Farms connection, how did that mm -hmm. come about and how did that change your trajectory? So, you know, I started out of my house, basically, just doing this as a side hustle. I was working a nine to five. I was doing this on the weekends just because I love doing it, you know. And so at that time, you know, when I was out of my house, you know, I, I would do, go to, you know, Costco and Safeway and like, you know, get whatever I needed. And then that continued once we moved into the commercial kitchen, just because, you know, that was the way I was used to doing things, except then I was going to like Restaurant Depot and Shamrock Food Service Warehouse. But, you know, as I grew, um, you know, when I first moved into that commercial kitchen, we were doing maybe 200 meals a week. And right now we're doing like 800 meals a week. So as things grow and as you progress and the volume just continues to increase, um, everything else increases with it. And one of those things that increased was the amount of product we needed. Sure. So I was going to Restaurant Depot and the shamrock warehouse and literally i drive a sedan right so i was filling my car packing putting stuff in cooler bags just you know i couldn't see out the back the thing was just stuffed and, and then i'd have to go drop off and then go to costco you know so it was like it wasn't the most efficient way to do things um but you know i i didn't really know any better at the time 
Um, so linking up with Shamrock Foods um, was great because now we get a weekly delivery on Friday and our menu is always changing. So the product we need is always changing. But luckily we have access to their entire, um, I think it's like a million square foot warehouse. They have just anything anything you could imagine they have it and they have it in bulk you know we need big quantities of things sure. so now we can go on place an order get a delivery friday and that takes a, that takes out about you know 90 percent of what we need for a weekend so um uh, and you know we're also saving money because we're getting some better deals um and you know it's saving me time which is you know saving money so um linking up with them was big and you know i, I like that um shamrock is like a local company you know they started with um the shamrock farms you know doing the milk and then they branched out into shamrock foods to now where they're like a uh you know food supplier for restaurants and that sort of thing and, th and they're big now they're expanding to um i think they're in southern cali and i think nevada and you know maybe texas so so linking up with them has been really cool and i really you know i've got a rep that i really like so that's been uh, that's been a game changer for my business for sure. Very cool. Have you had any issues with the name? With uh, the name Brento Box? Yes. Um, you know, I I love so the the story with the name is kind of like so back. I used to serve tables at Raw Sushi way back in the day, and I think it was one of the bussers that started calling me Brento Box as like a joke, you know, because we sold. <laughs> We sold bento boxes, right, at raw right. sushi for lunch. So one of the one of the bussers was like, "Hey, ben, br you know, bento box," and you know, they'd call me that as a joke, and I thought it was funny, you know, whatever. And then, you know, fast forward ten years later, I'm thinking about starting a meal prep company, and I'm like, "What should I name it?" And then, you know, bento box crept back into my mind, and I'm like, "Well, that's kind of perfect," you know. Um, so that's where the story of the name came from. As far as issues with it. Um, it's tough for SEO, um, just cause when you type it into Google, Google <laughs> thinks that you're mistyping bento box. So every time, you know, it's like, oh, you meant bento box. Here's a bunch of bento boxes, you know? Um, so it's tough in that regard. And it's also tough sometimes because people will like see it and they don't even see the R and they're yeah. just like, oh, bento box. What is that? Um, but you know, for the most part, people, people get it and, you know, they understand it and then they find out my name's Brent and they're like, Oh, that's clever. You know, it's a play on words. I get it. And I'm like, that's it. You got it. Uh, <laughs> it's funny so, to hear you say that. Cause I have my, my business name is buy to buy. And yeah. to this day, if you put that in the first thing that populates is in sync buy to buy or buy 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 the video i can't get around it it has like a billion views at this point it's always going to show up first so i you just need to get bigger man yeah it's 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 something else man it's craziness i and to the i learned i learned today that there is a bento box emoji i had no clue wouldn't have known oh yeah wouldn't yeah, have checked there otherwise definitely is. there there's there's not a there's not a dj emoji i'm i'm bitter about it there's no vinyl there's no like turntable there wasn't even a legitimate like salute emoji until like six months ago. And I was on like a dumb social media tiff trying to get them to change that. And they did. I'm pretty sure it had nothing to do with me, but <laughs> Bento Box, there's an emoji for that now. So Yes, uh, sir. Yeah. Craziness. Um so in terms of meal prep, uh HelloFresh, I've had an experience with right. that. And um mm -hmm. have you 
Have you done meals sent to your home that you have to cook yourself? We have actually. So um, I sort of went through like a personal transformation uh, where I went through a couple of rough years in my life, um, ended up gaining a bunch of weight. I was binge eating. I was drinking too much and um, I was pretty unhealthy. And um, eventually getting myself healthy again, it all started with the food choices. Um, so I started kind of learning to cook healthy food and found that I really had a passion for cooking. Um, and one of those things me and my wife did at that time was we, we tried some hello fresh boxes. Um, and I liked them and I thought it was cool that I was kind of like, you know, using them a little bit to like learn, learn some cooking techniques and stuff. My only problem with them was like, honestly, like just the amount of time it took to actually do it. Like I would go to work for eight hours, go to the gym you know, come home, you know, after like a 10 hour day, you know, I'd be in the kitchen cooking for, you know, and they'd say, Oh, this takes 30 minutes or 20 minutes. And you know, it takes an hour. Like, let's be real. Those times on there are so false. It's a joke. Like, it's a joke. you know, uh, you know, maybe if you got a, you know, pro chef in there, just like, you know, whipping it together, it can take, work. but anyway, so, you know, it would take an hour. And then we would have like, you know, two little meatloafs and some green beans. And I'd be like, all right, well, that, you know, tastes good. But, you know, <laughs> I'm tired. That just wasted an hour. And now my whole kitchen is just it's a, a mess. mess. Yeah. And I got to clean this thing now. It's like, so it just, it was cool for a minute. But the, like the amount of work it took, man, I, I just, I, I value convenience and I value my time. And that's why I think meal prep. Um, is a better solution for for those you know for people like that that are just busy and don't want to have to do all the cooking and cleaning you know no doubt how far what is your delivery what, radius uh we're pretty we're i don't know i don't know i would guess it's maybe like a 50 mile radius but oh, wow i mean we go we go way out west we go way out east we go up north like i've got i've got six delivery drivers on every sunday um and each one of those drivers kind of for the most part has like a different area of the valleys so like one of them will handle east side one of them will handle west side um one of them does scottsdale we have a couple that do like central phoenix arcadia biltmore north central so we we go all over the place and you know uh we're just kind of continuing to expand our delivery zone to serve as many people as we can i mean and now that we have um, this many drivers, I actually kind of needed a seventh the other day cause we just had so many deliveries, but, um, we, we, we go pretty far and, you know, I urge people that, you know, if they try to go place an order and it says that, you know, they're outside of our delivery zone, just shoot me a DM or shoot me a text. And, uh, most likely, you know, unless you're in Tucson or something, we'll, we'll, we, we should be able to figure something out. <laughs> I was going to say, you made it out to Queen Creek yet? <laughs> I dude, actually, I think we have actually. We yeah, Ooh, we, there it is. I, we've been to Queen Queen Creek. We're uh, we're out in uh, Tolleson. Tolleson is the farthest west we've gone, but yeah, we're we're out there. Very nice. So I was going to ask you before my uh, two year old had a full blown meltdown. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the most most wonderful age. But um, do you do um, like custom macro friendly stuff, or is this shut up and take it like one size fits all uh, so all the macros are listed on the website and on the package itself 
uh, we typically do, we aim to do like high protein, moderate carbs, a um, little bit lower to moderate fats. Uh, we do sort of a one size fits all sort of approach to where our meals, you know, can be great for, you know, a 110 pound female or myself, 185 pound male. I mean, it's, it's really hard to find that sweet spot that is, you know, a good portion size for everyone. Uh, but we, we think we've, you know, we've gotten pretty close to doing that. Um, and, you know, it, it, it always, it just depends on the person and, you know, how they like, you know, how much they like to eat at one sitting or, or, you know, if, you know, if, if it's a bigger guy and he's trying to, you know, gain muscle, then, then maybe he's eating every two, three hours anyways, you know, so maybe, you know, and our meals are usually uh, just under 500 calories, like around 475, usually around 40 grams of protein, 50 grams of carbs, maybe around uh, 10 to 15 grams of fat. So I feel like our meals can easily be implemented into, you know, a program if you're on a program or if you're watching your your macros or your calories. I feel like our numbers are pretty user friendly to where if you want to use them to be uh, in a surplus, you can. If you want to use them to be in a deficit, you can. Um, so we kind of do a one size fits all approach. And, um, you know, so far it's been working for us. I think the only thing that we might add on later on down the road is just you know bulk protein options right so like you could get your meals and then you can maybe also add a pound of chicken or add a pound of beef um if you're you know really trying to uh you know uh have a high protein diet you know what i mean i was gonna say because um when i was because i used always just to cook my own food for myself when i was bodybuilding for real but when i was doing uh I used to sell supplements around Texas. So we, I used to just have, uh, I can't remember the name of the company, but I used to just have them drop like four pounds of already cooked ground Turkey and, you know, three pounds of rice and three pounds of green beans at the, at the hotel or whatever we were staying at and then portion my meals out that way. But, um, was it, I, what was it? Icon meals. I think they're out of Texas. That sounds real. Yeah, probably them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I haven't used a meal prep service in a long time. Um, but I think that, no, I think you definitely have value that is needed to be taken advantage of by people in their busy world today. A lot of people have excuses about not wanting to eat healthy or take charge of their lives. And they'd rather just have a, bag of chips and a cigarette and call it lunch and then get back to their office and sit down, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, a a lot of people do use them for lunches throughout the day. You know, um, I thought, you know, getting into, you know, the meal prep space that we, you know, our main clientele would be, uh, you know, the gym rats, the bodybuilders, the CrossFitters, you know, power, you know, people that um, are big, you know, into fitness like that. And it turns out, uh, I mean, while that's still, you know, uh, part of our, you know, main demographic, I'd say the overwhelming majority of people that order our meals are working professionals, um, just people that want the convenience of it, they, they want to eat something healthy, they don't want to meal prep themselves. Um, you know, it's it's moms, it's dads, it's teachers, it's, you know, just people that don't have the time um, or energy to meal prep themselves. But 
you know, and I think that's sort of why we kind of serve what we serve. Um, you know, we make food that, you know, the everyday person is like, okay, like I'm familiar with that. Like I'll eat that, you know? Um, whereas like, you know, a, a bodybuilder might be fine with just the chicken, asparagus and rice, you know, no salt, no oil, no nothing, just straight, <laughs> you know, food is fuel type of thing. Um, we sort of cater more to the everyday person. Cause I think that's the overwhelming majority of like who we serve. And I think that's just a, a product of, I think meal prep sort of just becoming more mainstream, you know? Um, I think more and more people are starting to eat healthier and really sort of watch what they eat. Um, and I think meal prep is becoming more mainstream because people are finding out like, Hey, I could just, you know, order five meals, 10 meals, you know, and I'll just have my lunches ready to go. And this food actually tastes really good and it reheats really well. And, you know, it's just taking something big off of their plate that they don't have to worry about. Um, so anyways, I, I think I just went on a tangent there, but <laughs> no, you're good. I will That's say, all right. Uh, I, I know you, I know you, uh, joined, uh, our chapter today as a visitor. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's a running joke that we are like the easy group because my slogan is simple made easy. I think yours is meal prep made easy. I know there's another person who has something else. And so it's like you, you got to see us go through the line of our little commercials or whatever. And we say our slogan at the end. And it's if you join our chapter, again, no pressure. This is not a recruitment of any kind. This is just like it's the easy camp because there's too many of us in there now. So just know that, <laughs> just know that that's, that's no, funny. I that's funny. I, I, I did. I, well, you know what? Easy, easy is a great word because you know what? Everyone wants convenience and everyone's willing to pay yep. for convenience. So the easier you can make something for someone, yep. you know, the, the more likely they are to do business with you and continue to do business with you. Um, so easy is not a bad thing. We, 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 we want to make things as easy as possible for people. Yeah. So the, so the meal prep, when you made that jump um, and you uh, graduated, I guess, to a, a kitchen, what was there like a quote? What did you have a minimum that you had to make in order to occupy that space? Um, so not really. So there's, there's quite a few, well, not quite a few, maybe, maybe four to five of these like shared commercial kitchen spaces, um, out here in the Valley. And basically what you do is if you're like a small food business startup and, you know, you just need a commercial kitchen for somewhere to operate, somewhere to make your product, whatever it is. Um, because a product like mine, you're you're not allowed to really make it from your house and sell it, right? It's There's food cottage laws here that dictate what you can and can't sell out of your house. So like if I was making granola or jams and jellies or I was selling cookies, like there's certain things like that that are like considered low risk that you can make and sell out of your house. Uh, but meal prep with, you know, high risk foods like, you know, beef and chicken and turkey, you're not allowed to do that out of your house. But, you know, when I first started, it was just, you know, it was a little side hustle, friends and family type thing. And, you know, everybody starts somewhere. So I started, you know, at the house, but, um, you know, and then it got to a point where it got bigger and bigger and then I'm still out of my house. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to either do this legitimately and get the licensing, get the permits, get the insurance, get the man the food manager certification, like do all these things to actually uh, make it into a legitimate business or I could just stop doing it. 
but I loved it so much and I wasn't, you know, I was working a nine to five that I didn't really enjoy, but it was paying the bills. Um, so, you know, I, I, I said, you know, I, I want to pursue this, you know, I want to go all in with this. Like, I want to see where I can take it. And to do that, I'm going to need a kitchen. So there's different shared commercial kitchens where you can basically come in and rent time. So, you know, you can say you need 40 hours a month or 50 hours a month, 60 hours a month, whatever you need. Um, you can sort of, you know, rent time and space in that kitchen um to where then you 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 know you can get the permits and the insurance and the certifications um and sort of do it by the book and so that's what we were doing we were just renting i mean that's still what we're doing now but um i guess the only difference now is that we sort of have exclusivity of when we're in that kitchen it's just us in that kitchen i think you know before it was kind of a shared space so you were in there with other um, tenants, you know, other small food businesses kind of sharing, um, you know, the workstations and the cook line and whatever. Uh, we're just too big for that. We're to a point where there's four or five of us in there at a time. You know, when we're plating, you know, 200 meals, we need every little inch of that, that workspace, you know. So we kind of uh, signed a different deal to where we have exclusivity on Fridays and Saturdays. Um, but you know, for someone that's just looking to get started, there's, um, you know, shared commercial kitchens or commissaries where you can just go and rent time as needed. Very cool. I've actually got an idea for something that I discussed, I think for the first time last week. Um, but you said jellies and jams, there's no situation that, 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 that pans well for what I mean, I'm trying to do. I mean, so. I, I think you still need a permit, but I think there's a cottage law food permit to where you could get it. And then the health department might need to come, you know, look at your, your kitchen and your equipment and make sure it's not, you know, just some nasty, you know, whatever, but right. you can, you can do that out of your house. Yeah. Cookies, jams, granolas, whatever. You, you, you've got an idea for it, for a jelly business or what? Uh, I'll talk to you after this. <laughs> <laughs> There's, right. There might be some, uh, some paperwork needs to be signed. No, I've got an idea <laughs> to do something small with my daughters and, I haven't hit any roadblocks yet. I keep poking holes and everything keeps coming back positive. So I might pursue it. I don't know. But just hearing this and, and hearing how food kitchens work and knowing that at some point, if I want to try and make it into a business, that's where I'll have to be. So it's good to hear because yeah. I have no idea. I didn't know time. I no clue on how that works. So thank you for sharing. Appreciate that. For sure. Yeah. I, I, if you have any questions on anything, let me know. I'm, I'm happy to happy to help where I can. Fantastic. So I think we... We kind of skirted around it. I don't because I don't want to interrupt business talk. Yeah, go but for it. Um, <clears throat> I read your um, your story about what led up to you gaining a bunch of weight, and then what led to you training in the gym and losing weight. So, mm -hmm. what what exactly happened? Uh, so basically, this is back in 2013. Um, it was a, it was sort of a bar fight situation. A friend of mine gotten into an altercation with another guy. Um, they went to sort of square off to fight. That guy pulled out a knife. My buddy went to back up, slipped on spilled beer, ended up on the ground. The guy's on top of him, um, stabbing my friend. And in you know a split second decision, I, I stepped in to help and and pulled the guy off in a chokehold. Um, so then I you know so then I'm on the ground and I have him sort of 
on top of me in a chokehold. I, I didn't know what I was trying to do, put him to sleep or, or what. I just knew I had to get him off my friend. Yeah. So yeah. I just did what I did. And so then, you know, so I got him like this and now he's on top of me and he's going like this and he's trying to, Ooh. he's trying to stab me. So he ends up getting me, uh, in the eye right here. Um, so yeah, so I, I took a knife to the eye and we both went to the hospital, me and my buddy, uh, we both, um, you know, we both survived, which is the most important thing. Um, you know, my buddy's got two kids now and, um, you know, so I'm, it, it definitely could have been a lot worse, uh, for everyone involved, but, um, you know, so that led to, you know, some years of depression, um, and anxiety and, you know, binge eating and, you know, drinking too much. Um, just cause, you know, at that time after it happened, um, it looks a lot better now. It's still not perfect. Like you can see the scar, but, um, you know, after it happened, my eye was pointed out 45 degrees. Sure. So it was like, and at that time I was serving tables at raw sushi, but like my eye was like so messed up looking cause it was pointed off in this direction. The scar was all, you know, ragged and just looked, looked awful. It just, it made me just not want to talk to anyone or be around anyone um left me you know with just crippling social anxiety you know so i quit serving tables because i didn't want to have to go up to groups of people and like talk to them and look at them you know in the eyes because that's where you look when you talk to someone and that's where i felt like i didn't want to be seen but it's like when you right. talk to people that's where they're gonna look so mm -hmm. you know it just left me in a bad spot where um you know and then i was going through a couple of years where i just had surgery after surgery after surgery um you know they were trying to fix um the cornea and they they worked on the retina and back but the retina was like a deflated umbrella you know and they were trying to like put it back into place and it wasn't wasn't sticking um and then you know they worked on the eye muscles it was called a strabismus surgery to where they were able to tweak the eye muscles to get it kind of straight again um, which, you know, I'm really thankful that that's stuck. Um, and then the last few surgeries were just kind of like plastic surgery, you know, cause the lid was real droopy. So they were trying to like fix that and clean up the scar a little bit. So it was just, it was just a few years of just, you know, going down a dark path and, you know, I wasn't happy. I was miserable. I didn't want to talk to anyone or see anyone or do anything. Um, you know, and that, that led to the weight gain, you know, thanks to the, you know, binge eating and, and, you know, abusing alcohol just because I just wanted to numb the pain and, you know, just be in a hole and just go, you know, hide from the world. So um, that's the story of, you know, what happened and why I gained a bunch of weight. And then luckily, um, you know, I, I eventually saw the light at the end of the tunnel. And um, I think my wife is a big, a big piece in, in why I was able to kind of bounce back. Um, you know, having her come into my life, I kind of just thought like, okay, well, maybe I should, you know, start to care about myself again and start to, you know, get healthy and really, you know, start doing the right things. Um, and the change all started, like I said, with, with the healthy cooking, you know, learning how to cook and eating healthy. And, you know, before I even hit the gym, we just started cleaning up the diet and cooking food and eating healthy. And, you know, in that first month I lost like 20 pounds and I was just like, man, this is this is amazing. This is all just because I was eating better, you know? Um, so it was life changing for me, you know, and then I'm meal prepping, right. And I'm, you know, making all my meals for the week and I'm finding that, you know, I just love cooking. And, 
um, meal prepping and it just sort of, it was life changing and it just sort of spiraled and, um, you know, and then it led into me getting into fitness and lifting. Um, and then that was like a healthy outlet, you know, so, um, that's a little backstory on, you know, how, how things sort of came about, but yeah, it came from, um, you know, being in a, in a bad spot and then, you know, getting up off the mat after being knocked down. And I guess just in the end, sort of making the best out of a bad situation. That's amazing, man. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I know uh, we, we, we titled this episode, the side effects of proactivity and um, you were sticking up for your dude and turned into what it became. And um, part of the reason why I stopped drinking not because I had a problem, was because I was a DJ for 20 years. And so I've seen so many bar fights, but I was always drinking to make myself feel like I was in the same mood as everybody else. So it was like the, when I retired in, at the end of 2019, it was like the consumption of alcohol dropped off and so did all the weight. So it was just like that thing that I knew that I needed to do, I didn't do. Um, and I, you know, it wasn't any serious trauma or anything like that, but again, I'm a customer facing. So I'm standing on my feet for four hours at a time entertaining people. That's a lot harder to do when you're carrying 15, 20 pounds extra weight in Arizona summers, DJing on a rooftop. Like <laughs> it's all bad. It yeah. turns into all kinds of stuff. And uh, I know Jake is having the current situation right now. Um, you Do you have any children? Do I? Yes. Uh, I do not. No. So I have a seven and four year old daughters and jake has 14 12 <laughs> a nine a three a two and six months five months god damn you've been busy <laughs> yeah. so but good for you man that, that's amazing bro good for you yeah man. well i uh i married a woman that came with uh three already and uh okay and and then surprise <laughs> <laughs> but he uh he's struggling currently as a father because he has been very proactive in his child's life and they are how would you put it jake oh about to do eighth grade again <laughs> <laughs> so as proactive as you are in your life uh as someone who is in active recovery um you understand um the want that needs to be present in order for you to make that change. So, well, it's, well, it's, it's not just that. So in December, I'll be eight years sober. When I was competing, my whole mindset was geared towards doing everything that needed to be done to meet that goal. Right. So it was sure. sleeping on time, eating on time, training on time, cardio on time, posing on time. Pop, 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 pop. This is what I have to do to make this happen. And the problem, I think, that happens a lot with um, the 14-year-old and I, especially when it comes to school, is um, she is very intelligent, but just refuses to do what she needs to do. And I was the same way, except for I always skated by. I think I went to summer school once. Now it's just because I was like, I've never been to summer school. I think I'll fail enough to go to summer school. Because that was... That was just who I was as a kid. But so she is at a excellent private school to where if you 
give a shit enough about it, like you graduate not just high school, but with an associate's degree. Nice. There are tutors readily available at the school. A private tutor was hired for her at home. Um, we constantly and consistently were like, have you emailed your teachers? Have you done any work? Have you blah, 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 blah. And it wasn't until like the last quarter of the year, she was like, oh, maybe I should try. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, it didn't work out. Right. So. Fun times. Fun times. Well, I, I none of my, my proactivity this is a this is a byproduct of my proactivity. Is this meeting right here? Is is us being able to do this? Um, but yesterday there was another group event for another BNI chapter that I attempted to join or visit um, with the purpose of bringing a visitor who their chapter is missing the specialty. And I don't want to say I got the cold shoulder, but I but I was left feeling like I did, and so. Um, I'm not sure how many chapters you visited before uh, or how how many chapters it is now that you have visited, but I visited three. And this was mm -hmm. one of the chapters I meant to visit, um, but they have a very early uh, meeting time that conflicts with my kids' school schedule. So I couldn't make it, and then I got this. This was experience. So it was just like I went into the meeting today bummed and wanting to talk about accountability and how being in a networking group, communication is a big deal. <laughs> Because I was literally at the event, sitting in the parking lot for half an hour, waiting on a response from the event coordinator. Nothing. Mm -hmm. It was just like, okay. And so that kind of puts a, you know, that, that, can, that can make people not, not just discouraged, but it can put them in a, point them in the wrong direction when I had no intention but to try and network, increase business, if not for myself or anybody else in the group. Because our chapter is missing specialties that they have. So mm -hmm. proactivity, it's a spectrum, right? It'll work for you and against you because some people will take it as a blessing and other people will take it as you're doing way too much. And I guess that's what I did was I did too much. And so what, what other chapter was it? It was, or do the, you not want to say? I'll not say simply because I put this mm -hmm. on the BNI uh, prosperity group. And yeah. so I'm not sure based off their code of ethics, I don't know if I should yeah. have a personal conversation with her first or with them first or whatever. All I know is that it left me with a really bad taste in my mouth and it just felt unprofessional. So that's again, interesting. So if, if you're a member of BNI prosperity, are you not allowed or supposed to go visit other chapters? Like, are you supposed to just like they encourage stay in your you lane? They, they encourage, encourage you to. Okay. So that's huh. why I was so baffled is because I tried to do it. as just like a good faith. This is a chapter that I didn't get, didn't get to experience. And it was at top golf. So they were supposed to be food, mm. drinks, and fun. And I was like, what a good opportunity to not only experience their chapter, but to bring my buddy, who is another skilled professional, who could potentially bring more business to their chapter. And it was just like, sorry. <laughs> so, so that's so weird. So, so they were there, but they just, she wasn't responding. So they didn't want you to like come join. And so it felt like I was an uninvited person trying to take advantage of the circumstance. That's what I was left with. Man, I, I get that. I get that. It, I get how it could feel that way, but <laughs> the person who I mean, it sounds like you had good intentions going nothing, into it. I mean, was there anything that said like that event is exclusively for that chapter's members only? It said it is exclusive 
to non-BNI potential members, which is exactly what my friend is, which is what you are at this point, right? Yeah. So it was mm-hmm. like, I didn't get to visit them because I couldn't because it was too early. So I wanted to go and I wanted to, br- and I wanted to be there because I didn't want to say, hey, go check out this networking event. Cold turkey? Like, that seems weird. So at the very least, I'm a wingman. So if he feels uncomfortable or whatever, it's a warm hello. It's a warm welcome. Mm-hmm. That was my yeah. intention. And I know how to swing a golf yeah. club. So if we got that's, to that point, that's, cool. That's weird, man. And, uh, you know, that's that, that's a good thing that you did by, you know, trying to help your guy out and go with them. Because, you know, it is, um, you know, I don't maybe not scary, but it is kind of awkward going it's into a situation no like doubt. that by yourself where you don't know anyone. The first one I went to, so I've been to, today was my third chapter I visited. Um, the first one I went to was up in North Scottsdale. I was invited by a guy that I met at a charity golf tournament that I did. Um, he's like, hey, come check out my networking group. You know, we love to have visitors. So when I first pulled up to that one in North Scottsdale, that like a La Quinta Inns and Suites, and I'm like pulling, sitting there in my car, like, I just like walk into this hotel, like, <laughs> like wow, and say, I'm here for B&I, you know, like, yep. when, so I texted him. I'm like, hey, I'm here. Do I just come in? And he's like, yeah, bro, come on in. So, like, it was nice for me to have someone there that, like, at least invited me that, like, I kind of knew. I mean, I just met him, but, like, I still, like, you know, had someone I knew that was, like, bringing me in sort of thing. Right. Um, and then the other one I went to last week in Biltmore, you know, no one invited me. I didn't know anyone. I just kind of showed up and... You know, I, I saw some people near the door with name tags on. I'm like, all right, this must be the place. But, yep. you know, it's definitely a little intimidating, a little awkward at first, you know, just rolling into a group like that where you don't know anyone. Um, but, you know, at the same time, like, you know, everyone's there for the same reason. You know, everyone's there to network and yeah. help their business grow and meet people and get referrals. So, you know, I think, um, you know, I think the more times that you do it, maybe the easier it becomes. I don't know. But I mean, that was good looking out on your part by trying to help your dude out and bring him into a situation that could help him in his business. But, you know, it sounds like it didn't, it didn't go that way. But, um, you know, don't let that stop you from trying to do it again, you know, because you were trying to do a good thing. So um, I would say, you know, I would say just maybe try again, try with a different chapter, you know, (laughs) try, try, (laughs) try somewhere else. Yeah. Cause I did, I did like some deep, I did some research. I, cause I was like, okay, I want to make sure that the chapter is busy. It's active. Right. Cause mm-hmm. one chapter I think has 96 members and another one has like 13 and you, and you look at the, yeah. the, the amount they're passing around one another. One of them is $10 million and the other one is $200,000. So it's like, you know, there, there, there are reasons why you want to get involved with something. And again, their, their principle is, the VCP is what they're at. The acronym I learned is visibility, credibility, profitability. And so in order for a, a, a small business to be visible, you have to be in multiple spaces. So it makes sense to visit other chapters, especially ones that don't have your specialty. And I only went to specialties or to chapters that didn't have movers because I didn't want to be a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. That wasn't enough. So. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, the, the guy I met, Mike, was like, "Man, he's like, none of the chapters have a meal prep guy. Like, you like, you gotta." He's like, "You ought to go hit all of them." You know, so yeah, I'm thinking I'm probably gonna go maybe visit three or four more different ones, um, just to see which you know which one feels like the best fit for me, and 
Um, you know, and I think each time like you get to like, you know, sit down and, and, you know, meet 20, 30, you know, the one in Biltmore is like 60 people. Like that was crazy. Yeah, that was like, that was a full room, man. It's like, you know, and I'm thinking about which one do I want to join? Like, like your chapter had about like, what, 20, 22 people or something. Yeah. I think that's it right now. And, you know, that type of environment felt a little more, you know, intimate and like you could really, you know, sort of talk with people and, you know, it didn't just feel like some, like a giant room, Yeah. but at the same time, it's like, you know, if all of these people are going to be, you know, actively trying to get me more business, do I want a room of 20 people doing that? Or do I want a room of 60 people doing that? Right. You know, so it's tough, but what, what made you to, uh, end up going with, um, the BNI prosperity after, after the ones you visited? So I was invited to visit the chapter by Matt Gilstrap, who uh, operates Footprints Flooring for the group. He's the, he's the flooring person. And so he invited me and he did this maybe like eight months ago or so. And I was in a different spot. Wasn't, and, and the reason why he brought me on was to be a potential asset. And I didn't want to present myself when I wasn't at my best. So I got my straight, my situation straightened out and he happened to, we hadn't worked for a while together and then he reached out to me and was like, hey, come through the chapter. And I go, timing's right. So I, I went to the chapter. It was a great conversation. And he said, we're not meeting next week. So use that week to join or to visit other chapters to get an idea of what you see. Much like you are. So I said, cool. I, I, I visited three other chapters. Uh, membership, one had 48. The other had 29. And then... No, the third one I was going to visit was the one I didn't, and it has, I think it has almost 50. And so, like you said, the bigger the size, the more competitive the space feels, even though it's supposed to be non-competitive. Um, mm -hmm. And naturally, in any kind of setting like this, there's going to be clicks that form. And so, being someone who didn't know anyone else at the other chapters, I didn't want to come in and be a problem. And so I thought that Prosperity had a great vibe. Already knew Matt. I've already done business for two other people in the chapter, didn't know it. And I've already gotten, and before I even officially joined, I had two jobs ready. Like they were like, oh, I could use you for this. Oh, I could use you for this. I'm like, well, it's exactly why I'm here. And everything I read in their literature says three to six months before you just start seeing a return. <laughs> <laughs> and you're seeing it instantly. My next job will cover my yearly dues. So it's yeah. like I joined on the first and it's the 24th. So that's for me. That's my experience mm -hmm. going into somewhere where there's not a specialty to where I can hit different people in different specialties the same way you can. So that's why I settled on prosperity. I really wanted to honor the invite. And then when I didn't get that same reception at other places without knowing people i was like so it's who you know so i know matt i know kevin um i've done work for peter now uh nick seems like good people how did you that's the question i meant to ask you how did you and uh nick come to know each other um that is a good question he started ordering meals for me um man it was a while ago i want to say um it had to have been 2021, maybe early 2022, but he started ordering consistently for me. I think this was like before 
uh, it might have been before the website went up. The website went up at the end of 2021. And before that, man, I used to like, you know, take orders through text and DM and Venmo. And I remember, I remember Nick Venmoing me. So it had to have been like mid to late 2021. He was ordering from me like consistently. And that was, that was so far back too, that I was doing my own deliveries at that time. Nice. So I remember driving up to Nick's place and he's got this big complex and it's like trying to navigate, like, where are you, bro? Like, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to find you, dude. I'm here with your food, man. Uh, but though so he was like real consistent. Um, and you know, we sort of stayed in touch after that, like just on Instagram and whatever. Um, and then he, you know, fell off for a little while and I didn't really hear anything from him. Um, you know, which is fine. You know, people sort of tend to, you know, like he was talking about today, like he was on the Brento train and he was in the best shape of his life and, you know, everything was great. And then he kind of like, you know, fell off and did his own thing for a while. And, you know, uh, now he's looking to get back into it. So now he's starting to order, uh, and be consistent again. Um, but how he found me initially, I don't even really know. Wow. Um, and that's huge yeah, starting like, out. Like you want to know why everybody's, how people find you. Yeah. And you know what? Like the fact that he's out now at Tukey, a lot of people are finding me now. Um, well, like our main, our main sources of new customers come from Instagram uh, is the biggest one. Word of mouth referrals. And then after that is actually just Google searches and not even just like, you know, meal prep Phoenix or Brenta box. Like people go on maps, like their map on their phone yep. and they'll type in meal prep and my location pops up out there in Ahwatukee. And I've talked to, and, and like, I started to notice, like we started to get a lot of business from people out there on the South side and Ahwatukee and in the foothills and in Chandler like all around like where my kitchen is and I was yep. starting to starting to wonder. And then, you know, um, late last year I started to ask new people specifically like, Hey, like, thank you so much for your order. Um, you know, my name's Brent. I'm the owner of the company. Like we really appreciate it. Let me know if you need anything. And also if you don't mind me asking, how'd you hear about us? Cause I started to want to figure out where the new business was coming from so I can figure out what's working for us. Yep um and exploit those channels more um and a lot of people that i had asked that to that were out there now in Tuki were just like yeah we saw you on the map and you know you're close to us and which is funny because like we're not our kitchen isn't even open to the public like it looked like <laughs> like on the map it looks like we're right there they can come on in and you know grab a meal but it's not even like that it's yeah. like we 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 make our pre-orders over the weekend like we put out the menu we take orders and then we make everything so it's like yeah we're right there now with Tuki. like our kitchen is right there so we show up on a map right there but like it's almost like a ghost kitchen. Like we don't really exist as far as like the public, like can't come in and order from us. Yep. Um, so anyway, I think that's how we've been getting some business out there now with Tukey. But as far as how I first connected with Nick, man, like I honestly don't even know, but like you said, he's, he's good people for sure. Very cool. Jake, you have anything else? Yes, sir. Do you have anything else tonight? He's, he's, he's usually, again, he's usually the person who, uh, brings a guest on. This is a show that we created out of nothing that he had an idea for. I met him through our old co-host. I was out of the picture. I'm, I'm a producer. I've always liked to not be on camera. And 
things changed and we went into a different direction and so here we are now but um so jake is usually the one who has who's leading the conversation and with the guests and also how does it feel to sit in the back tonight it's cool i mean i would have jumped in a lot more but uh you know i had to keep had to keep mute uh, babies because oh dude because ruth and marley at separate times i had to keep reaching over and muting the mic and i was like i have something to add but uh <laughs> very cool hey so i wanted no. i wanted to ask both you guys um because this is called the the sober and swole podcast mm-hmm. um i wanted to ask both you guys about your your journey with sobriety and um you know you don't have to get too deep into it if you don't want but maybe just touch on you know how that journey's been for you and and you know just sort of get into that a little bit Okay, well, I'm the I am the sober guy. Um, okay, um, you're sober. He's swole. No, that's it, not well, it. I mean, again, this is his show. He's both so, sober and swole, and I'm helping. Yes. So the premise was: is myself and my co-hosts um, were both at that time both in a period of uh, inactive addiction, and I was like, he's one of my best friends for over a decade. Um, we worked together at the same place and I was his trainer. So I was like, dude, we should, we should start a show just talking about how to, how we live life out of, uh, out of the shit we used to do and, um, how we have traded addictions, basically, you know, choosing health over being shit wrecks of humans. So that's, that's how the show came about. He's like, I know a guy who does sound stuff. Hey, cool. (laughs) But no, I, uh, so I started my first drink. I was probably like, I was thinking about, I had to have been 12 or 13. And because I knew where uh, dad kept his bottle of Jim Beam next to the bed. And I was like, I'm gonna go try that. You know, like one of those things. And then I grew up, uh, I grew up in central Illinois and you just got drunk and ran in cornfields and fornicated, you know, that was what you did, you know? And, uh, I, jo- I joined the Marine Corps, uh, right out of high school. I was in the infantry. And if you're not out there training and or deployed, what you're doing when you're off work is just being a drunk. And I did that for four years. I moved out to Tempe, um, failed out of college because I was too drunk and or on drugs all the time. Uh, my mommy had to drive down from Illinois to come save me. <laughs> moved back to Illinois, kept drinking, kept drinking. Got off the fancy white powders, though. But um, And then I moved to South Texas to work oil. Uh, oil went through a lull, had a couple other jobs. And I was getting ready to lose the house that I was renting. Um, I had a big, I had a suicide attempt. I came, when I got out of jail and they, uh, you know, here's the list of crimes we could charge you with, or we could just take this misdemeanor and pay your fine. And I said, thanks. And I went home and I was looking at myself in the mirror and I was like well over 300 pounds. And I'm, I'm five, eight. On my best days and I went what what happened to you you've been an athlete your whole life you're you know you're an infantry marine 
now look at you. you you're so fat you could be rolled down a hill standing up you know like so i uh i had a gym membership that i didn't use but it was like one of the first things i signed up for when i first moved to town and uh, so i got back in the gym and then that wasn't even what got me sober but it was just it was a step along the way and then i had a dog that i had to put down my buddy gave me a not your father's root beer because i was sad and i was like this is disgusting and that was the last alcoholic beverage i had and that was on december 5th over seven years ago so there's the there's the basic rundown <laughs> Um, well, first of all, thank you for your service. Um, and second of all, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to hear you're sober now. And that's that's wild, man. Three hundred. So how much how much do you weigh now? How much are you down from that three hundred? See, I'm about oh. two. See, I'm he about two thirty. Six kids, and he has yeah, my, since been domesticated. So yeah, well, it's, I'm about two thirty, two forty now, but. The lowest I got to, see, my first time on stage, I was 142. Oh. 142? Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Damn. So, like, 160 pound pound loss right there? Mm-hmm. And then. Damn, bro. Good for you, yeah, man. Holy shit. I was, I was just living. I lived the bodybuilding life for a long, long time. And I, I, what I, what I do now is I, I'm more of just lift for sanity and, uh, try not to snort cheeseburgers. <laughs> you gotta have some vices, man. Well, I mean, like I, you gotta have a burger every now and then. My Copenhagen is my vice for sure. But, um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say I eat clean a hundred percent of the time. Cause I'm not here to lie. Uh, <laughs> Well, you're but, also I mean, not a competitive bodybuilder anymore, so, you know. No, I am not. No, I am not. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, man, like, so, I mean, I, I coach still because um, um, I love it. I mean, that was the that was the first thing. When I first got into training, I was like, this is it. This is what I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to do this forever. And, I mean, I'm business isn't you know what it used to be because I, I i need to focus on getting my family right right now and i am blessed enough to where my wife has a pretty cool job to where i don't have to be hustling all the time like i don't advertise people come and go and that's just fine but uh you know i have a core group of people that i love and you know it keeps the keeps the lights on so they say that's cool, man. I'm that's that's cool that you're you know you're able to do something that you love, and also you know, sounds like you've got the work life balance down to where you, you know you've got time for your wife and you got time for your kids, and you're able to do something you love, and you know you're healthy. So you know, kudos to you, man. Not according to that goddamn BMI. I'm not getting into this. I'm not doing it. <laughs> oh no. Nope. <laughs> so I don't have per se, in an issue in terms of addiction. Um, I mean, every, like you said, everybody has their vices. Uh, my experience more comes from my proximity to it. Um, you know, family members, aunts and uncles. Um, my cousins on my dad's side stayed with us for a while because my aunt was on her shit. So in high school, I remember having my cousins live with us for a couple of years. 
And then I remember the devastation from my mom when she got clean enough to get the kids back and they didn't want to, you know, we formed a bond with them. And so we had to watch that. Um, my older brother, I lost him at a young age and uh, I watched some of his friends just turn to the bottle or turn up. And so, um, and then being a DJ for a long time, you see a lot of people who have problems. And so when I met Jake and I went through Paul, it was like, there was that link that I understood and being able to do this, it just felt like a perfect opportunity to give them a space to at the very least be grown men who have a space to talk and vent. And so that's what this really just started as not even really recording anything, just having it and then putting GoPros together and, you know, being mm -hmm. in the same spot and all this. And then we had one episode where it's, it's one of my favorite clips that we ever did to where it was like, uh, our old co-host, he relapsed and he and Jake were best friends. So Jake knew about it. I didn't find out until we started recording. And so he went on this whole thing, you know, and like many addicts do, he turned himself into the victim. And at the end of his diatribe, he was like, I love you guys. And Jake's like, I love you. And I didn't say anything. And he's like, I love you guys. And I go, I heard you. <laughs> it's like, it's like, and so I just laid into him. I was like, look, man, you cannot tell me this on the back end. If I'm someone who is supposed to be active in helping you through your addiction, I should know this in real time. And came to find out he didn't tell me because he knew that I would give him the realness. And as a support system, I, I have to be a guardrail. I can't be a cone that he can knock over. I have to be something that he smashes into and teaches him a lesson, right? And so that moment really solidified the show in my eyes. And then it his our our relationship soured and he went his way and I let him do that. And so I asked Jake, I said, Hey man, it's up to you. I did this for you guys. It's now you. You let me know. And then we took the reins and I put some more time and energy into it and here we are now. So not doing it for the following, clearly, but uh <laughs> <laughs> it gives us a great opportunity to connect and have conversations that people our age a generation prior never had the opportunity to. So it feels like a great, uh, we're in the generation, especially me, I just turned 40 a couple weeks ago. It feels like I'm on the back nine of my life and we have all these tools at our disposal that when I was half this age, we're an afterthought, we're fantasy. So it's like, if I can do this and have a positive effect on Jake and that translates into the next person. And so like Captain Sandy, have no business talking to her, but she is, <laughs> 29 30 years sober so she has her own experience so it, mm. it lets you connect with people that you would normally not have any other contact with or that you wouldn't talk to because of their past so mm. so that's my story interesting no that's cool and you know i think it's a good thing you guys are doing this because like you don't know who might hear this and who it might help you know or yeah. you know someone hears it and you know maybe they are more okay with you know coming and talking about something that they've been holding in you know because they listen to you guys and they heard you speak and you know you, you never know what you might say might resonate with someone so you know i i think it's a good thing you're doing um just to touch on me personally so i i quit drinking about a year ago um and it wasn't really like i i don't really consider myself i mean i guess i am sober um, but it, it was more of just a personal choice for me. Um, you know, when I went through those couple rough years where I was depressed and I was drinking, you know, it was, 
it was, you know, pretty much daily I was drinking. So, you know, I think I, I did have a problem there for a while, but, um, you know, eventually I got to a more healthier relationship with alcohol, you know, and it was just, you know, on the weekends and social and two, two or three drinks here, two or three drinks there. And, you know, um, but about a year ago, I just sort of came to a realization that, you know, it wasn't helping, it wasn't helping my life in any way. It wasn't doing anything positive for me, you know, like I would, and, you know, I was starting to get, you know, I'm, I'm only 33, but I feel like the hangovers were just like, I would have two or three drinks and it's like, I'm not waking up early to get to the gym at 7am the next day, you know, so, or I'm not being as productive as I could be the next day. Um, you know, and also, you know, I feel like in sometimes like in networking situations or even social situations where you're talking to people and you never know who might be your next customer, your next client, or, you know, who might open a door for you. Like, you know, if I'm a little sloshed and had three or four drinks, you know, I might not present myself in a way that I would be proud of the next day. Um, so for me, and that's, and also, you know, it was last year at this time where I was sort of, I was really doing a program that I was taking kind of seriously in terms of, you know, my training and my macros and everything like that. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I hit my, I hit my protein, hit my carbs, hit my fats. Like I'm, you know, my calories are on target, but you know, if I decide to have a couple drinks, you know, or, you know, whatever at night, like that's just calories that I don't need. So, you know, it was just an accumulation of things that just sort of led me to, realized that I don't need alcohol in my life. It wasn't doing me any favors. Um, if anything, it was just hindering, you know, what I could be doing. So um, it was about a year ago, I decided that I was just going to give it up and, and not drink. And that that was, you know, it was kind of hard for me, you know, because I, my whole life, it's just been, you know, social situations and holidays and, you know, friends over, you know, basketball, you know, whatever it is, it's like drinking has just become such a societal norm that when you stop, it's like, you know, it's kind of uncomfortable at first, you know, and you sort of have to readjust and, you know, learn how to be in those situations and and not drink and not feel awkward or weird about it. Um, And, you know, another reason I don't really, you know, like, I guess I am like sober, but I don't like to, you know, consider myself, you know, because I I didn't go through treatment or recovery or, you know, And also, you know, when I quit, like, it wasn't like, okay, I'm never, ever, ever going to drink again. Like in this year long span where, where I I gave up alcohol, I I broke it twice. Once I was on vacation with my dad and he really wanted to have a margarita with me. So I said, Mm -hmm. fuck it, dad, let's have a margarita. And funny story is we were in Austin, Texas, and I actually had one and a half margaritas. And I got fucking drunk off one and a half margaritas. And he had an early morning bike ride planned, like to go around the lake and this whole thing. And like, I didn't want to tell him, but I felt like shit. I was hung over from that one and a half margaritas, which just reminded me like, I don't, this is why I don't do this, you know? Um, And then the other time I broke since then was on my one year wedding anniversary. My wife was like, well, I don't want to drink alone on my anniversary. So you know, I don't have a drink with you. Like, you know, it's it's our anniversary. And, And, you know, I think, um, you know, so I think for me, it's just not something that I need in my life, but that's not to say, you know, there's not going to be times where I make exceptions, I guess. Um, so I guess that's a little different than, you know, someone that puts down the bottle and says never again, you know, they know if they have one more drink, they're going to just going to go down a slippery slope. Uh, for me, it's more of just like, 
a lifestyle choice. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to touch on that with you guys, since this is the sober and swole podcast, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of sober and I'm kind of swole. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on the same boat. So I just look at my wife like this. (laughs) Is it, is it good? Well, Brent, we are uh, approaching an hour and 15 minutes, sir, and uh, this yeah, can go yeah, as long as you let it go, but uh, we like to make sure that our guests um, come in and use their time wisely, so we don't want to keep you too long. Um, it, where can the people find you? Uh, so you can find me on Instagram, at GetBrentoBox. Um, I'm pretty active on there. Um, also, you know, I think if if anyone wants to go follow the, the Instagram, I, I think I like to, you know, I... I, I kind of keep it entertaining for people. Um, you know, I'm, I'm on there quite a bit and I feel like people are really enjoying not only just following to see, you know, the food photos, but I also following me as the entrepreneur, as a business owner, as the journey. I think a lot of people really, um, you know, can, can relate to a lot of the stuff I'm talking about and I'm posting and I'm kind of real and honest and open and transparent. Um, so Instagram is where you can find me. Um, also if you're in the Phoenix area and you're interested in checking out the meals, get brentobox.com. Fantastic. I've got, um, some bodybuilders I'm reaching out to tomorrow to, uh, let's see what their meal prep situation is. Um, Jake, I know that, you know, people as well. Um, I don't so. know anybody. I don't know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so whether, so whether you join BNI prosperity or not, just know that I appreciate your time. Um, I am. I'm thrilled to have met you today, and uh, I again appreciate you making the time for us tonight and, uh, and and telling your story. So, Brent, for sure, man, it was it was my pleasure. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely, Jake. Anything you want to add? No, I love you guys. <laughs> All right, boss. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you much. Thank you so much. I'll do the outro tonight. Thank you so much for listening to the, or watching the Silver Swirl podcast. I go by DJ Swirl. No sound effect. Go for it. Oh, oh! And I, was, I was waiting. Yeah. And I, I am Jake Howard. Ah, Rick was ready. All right, but see you see next week, guys. Hey, it's Warhorse. Do you want your workouts to look like this? Or do you want your workouts to slay? Warhorse picks his pre-workout, he wants it to slay! If you want second place, go with somebody else. If you want to be a champion, go with royalty nutrition!